The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to the Sounds of the Heart with Sandy Goldstone. When we heed the call and say yes to live from the truth of our hearts, we accept the invitation to deeply relax, trust, and let go of fear, control, struggle, suffering, and separation. Now, here is your host, Sandy Goldstone. Hello, lovelies. Welcome to this, our first show of Sounds of the Heart. As your host, I am delighted to have your beautiful presence and heart's vibration join with mine. As we listen, share and explore in this hour together, I invite us all to join together as one conscious global heart as we take a deep breath in and relax out with a sound. Ah. To gently ground our being in calm stillness, meeting ourselves in love, as love, what we always are now. It's so wonderful to feel our hearts become part of that one unified field of love through the breath. Thank you for joining me today. I would like to introduce our first guest, my beautiful friend Meta. Meta Doherty feels the joy and celebration inherent in consciousness and love. Her ongoing yoga practice began four decades ago in the United States, where she was born and raised. She offers group and private classes in Perth, Australia, so that others may experience their inner life. When we are in the zone, when the mind becomes quiet, we know we are one. She also offers retreats and consults privately in Ayurveda. In Sanskrit, Ayas means life and Veda means wisdom. And these teachings provide guidelines for each person to fine-tune their wellness through diet and lifestyle. Her two Ayurvedic books and publication are Satwa Cafe and Ayurveda Forever Wellbeing. As an Ama devotee, known as Amachi in America, Meta experiences love overflowing as a feeling, not merely as a good idea mentally. This is what heals from the inside out and extends to all through thoughts, words, and actions. Meta has a Bachelor of Science in Biology, a yoga teacher and Ayurvedic consultant, diplomas, and is level two Reiki practitioner. Welcome, darling, Meta. So grateful to have you here, and so wonderful to have you as my first guest. Thank you, Sandy. So, to begin with, 
I'm just curious as to what was it that first drew you to the spiritual practice of yoga? As I said, I started in the late 70s during the hippie era of America that anyone who was anyone went to a class, but I didn't know about the spiritual aspect Although the first teacher I had dressed in white and hugged everyone, so that felt very welcoming, and that started me on the right path. But for many years, I practiced yoga just as a physical. It really wasn't until the 90s, the late 90s, that I understood that it was more than just physical. It was how to work with our minds and how to connect to the spirit. Okay, so first of all, it was just kind of the trendy thing to do. It was part of the hippie era, and um, it was kind of like just taking care of the body. And then it became a deeper opening into a spiritual practice that's become well-cultivated and loved and become, it seems, like a great devotion for you. Yes, although even today I notice that people do yoga just because it's trendy, because it seems to be the way to work out and sweat. And I certainly hope that everyone sooner rather than later knows that it's more than that. I hope so too, because I've been to several classes and when it's just coming from that um, that place of just being lost purely in the body, it seems to be driven more by the mind than the unification of the mind and the heart. And um, it feels very different. So I was delighted to come and join your class and to have that embodied experience because it really felt like I was coming home to myself in a deeper and more intimate and and um, holistic way, kind of meeting myself embodied, not just kind of going through this mental practice. Mm. Yes, um, because when we get too much in the body, then we are distanced from everyone else. Mm. So how does yoga support and assist and strengthen our capacity to respond calmly and wisely to uncertainty change? We've got so much change happening at the moment. People's lives are in constant upheaval and um, they're feeling ungrounded all the time. So how could us inviting the practice of yoga and having that as a spiritual practice support and assist and strengthen our capacity to respond calmly and wisely to uncertainty and change? Well, first of all, in terms of the teachings, this level of uh, reality is always changing. And the good thing about that is we can change for the better. We are Otherwise, we're stuck in the same old, same old. So it's a good thing that it's changing. On the other hand, like you say, people feel ungrounded because there is no solid ground, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And that's where yoga offers the reality that we need to go to what is unchanging. They call that reality with a capital R or truth or self that part that is never changing. And that part cannot really be accessed through the mind. It has to go, maybe we can say it comes through the heart, but it can also come through when we silence the mind in deep meditation, then we know that there is this ongoing support of us. 
and it doesn't have a form and it doesn't have a name. It has a feeling. Mm-hmm. So when we do our physical yoga, that's the beginning and having then a breath component to our practice and then having actually finding that our minds have calmed down doing those two things we can sit for a little while in that quiet place and day after day year after year we come to have that as our reality rather than this surface chop of the ocean we come to sink deep into being settled in the unchanging while we live in this world beautiful and when I was in your class you kind of brought it to my attention and it's really stayed with me um, that you know that we need to be following the rhythm of our own breath that if we're not, we're kind of like being pushed around by external forces. And so, you know, so much of the the mental thinking has us conditioned to believing that, you know, we're powerless and there's forces outside our control and we just have to submit to them and whether we want to or not and whether it's aligned with what our true values and principles are. So can you kind of talk to what it, why it's so important to kind of allow ourselves to lead and to be consciously aware of leading our lives from our breath? Yes. It's exactly what you say, that we have these erroneous notions that have been foisted on us since childhood, that we have to behave in a certain way, and we then tend to disregard the inner knowing our intuition, and then we become powerless because of that. As you say, we get pushed around by all the aspects that make us try to act one way. So the way we can take back our power, our being, and celebrate that is that if the breath is short and fast, so be it for now. It has to do maybe with if you had a good night's sleep or what you ate or how you feel mentally. If the breath can lengthen, that is the direction we go. But we want to be honest that if it's not possible today, that's fine too. Because that doesn't take away our life. We are still an embodied spirit, a wonderful heart-centered human being. So that is where the honesty comes into our yoga practice and then it helps to feel a, let us feel connected and let our heart open to ourselves and thereby to others. I'm very grateful that you said that if our breath is short and, you know, it's not kind of so deep and everything, that gives me permission to, <laughs> to kind of feel the way that I do today. Because <laughs> I've got sweaty hands and, and I'm, I'm aware that it's not... <laughs> It's not so kind of embodied at the moment because this is a new venture for me and I'm just allowing everything to be present as it is and I'm welcoming that nervousness as part of the whole of the experience of being present in this moment now. It is as it is. It is as it is. and I've got my eyes closed. (laughs) We all find our ways to kind of ground ourselves in. So can you share an exercise with us? that would, you know, show us how that it's possible to relax the body 
and which allows the mind to become one with the heart. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay, so dear listeners, however you are, if you're comfortable, you may be standing, you may be sitting, you may even be lying down. That's okay. We begin where we are. And then you turn your attention to being in your body, feeling your relaxed abdomen, your relaxed heart, your relaxed throat and head. Your whole body, your whole being feels evenly relaxed and you're present in it. And then you turn your attention to your natural breath, ideally through your nose, as we talked about. However long the breath is, that's fine. It is comfortable for you, and it is satisfying for you. Paying attention to your natural, comfortable, satisfying breath. And then we'll make a gesture with our hands. Maybe our hands will come together at heart center or maybe just our fingers will touch our heart center. However, what we want to do is wait for the breath to lead us. So please wait for an inhale to begin. And when that happens, bring your hands, your palms together at heart center. Keep breathing now or your fingertips to your heart and stay there and breathe. And then wait for an exhale to be underway. And when that happens, release your hands back to where they started. And breathe. And again, wait for the inhale. Hands come to heart center. Breathing and exhale. Then the hands go down. And now the last aspect. Inhale begins, hands move to heart center, stay there, and we'll chant to feel the vibration, to connect to all through the vibration. On your next exhale, chanting out loud, Ma, Ma. which means divine love. Ma. Good. And waiting for another exhale to chant Om, which represents divine light. Om. And another time, in your own time with your breath, Ma. Ma. One more time. Feel the vibration with everyone. Ma. Ma. Lovely. And now waiting for an exhale. Release your hands. Feel how your mind is, how it's alert and relaxed, how your heart is connected, how your sense of space has changed just from that practice. Thank you.
Ah, beautiful. I can definitely feel that difference. I feel that there's not so much mind agitation happening at the moment and rushing around um, going, oh, am I going to, you know, keep according to time and all that kind of stuff and um, just kind of having you be distracted in the external instead of being really present here, feeling ourselves totally embodied, deeply connected to our hearts and feeling ourselves as that loving presence at all time and in all ways, whatever is occurring in the moment. So thank you for sharing that beautiful exercise with us. Jima, Sandy. Thank you. You might like to um, share what Jema actually means with our listeners. Okay. J means victory, celebration. And sometimes it's J, sometimes it's Jai. And Ma is divine love, the divine mother, that energy that nurtures us all. And for me specifically, I say that to Ama as she represents all of that. But it is our gratitude to being what Mother Earth has provided, what Father Son has provided. So we honor all of that and our connection to that. We are not alone. We are all connected. Beautiful. Beautiful. So we're just going to sit with that. And we're just going to just allow ourselves to just breathe with that Jema energy. Collectively joining our hearts together as one. Allowing that love's vibration to permeate through all the airways because we know in this moment that everything is interconnected. So, okay, lovelies, it's time for us to take a short break. This is Sandy Goldstone and my guest, the Doherty, and you are listening to Sounds of the Heart with Sandy Goldstone on Voice America, 7th Wave Channel. Stay tuned and we'll be back. Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Be extraordinary. Be the change. We are all searching for a deeper meaning in life. The possibility exists to create our life from the perspective of our true divine nature, where the experience of joy, love, abundance, freedom, and peace is our birthright. On the inner frontier, Host Darlene Green presents a new topic every week with a high-frequency conversation to support a gentle revealing of the divine that is unique to you. Tune in every Thursday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel for The Inner Frontier. Sometimes in the busyness of daily living, we can forget who we truly are as spiritual beings with intent and purpose fueling our goals and dreams. 
Remembering begins with navigating belief structures, family or cultural expectations and history so we can find our way. Listen in to Timeshare with host Marie Jackson. Marie and her regular contributors discuss life's questions, challenges, obstacles, and rewards, all bringing us to the spirit of who we are. Timeshare with Marie Jackson can be heard live every Thursday at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific Time on 7th Wave. Being Here with Ariel and Shia Kane is an ordinary person's guide to modern-day enlightenment. This show is an exciting exploration which opens the door to living in the moment. Don't miss Being Here. Tune in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 noon Eastern with Ariel and Shia Kane right here on the 7th Wave Network. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. You are listening to the Sounds of the Heart. To find out more about our program, visit Sandy's website at soundsoftheheart.com .au. Again, that's soundsoftheheart.com.au. Now, back to Sounds of the Heart with Sandy Goldstone. Okay, lovelies, we're back on. This is Sandy Goldstone and my guest is Meta Doherty and you're listening to Sounds of the Heart. And I am your host. I hope that the break gave you moments to rest and to be in the silence, in the vibration, in the energy, in the momentum, in the flow of the love that you are in each and every moment. So Metta, how does the practice of yoga and Ayurveda allow for the conscious merging of the divine feminine with the divine masculine to come together in a sacred ceremony of balance and harmony and love and honor. Let us say that all people have a certain attribute in their minds, in their mentality, which is called sattva, which means balance, harmony, love, care. Every, every man and every woman actually has the same amount of that. We said it's about 70% of our mental energy is actually spiritual. And then men have 20% in the rajas mode, which means the action mode. And they have 10% in the more quiet mode. Whereas women have 20% in the quiet mode and 10% in the action mode. And that's really the only difference in the greatest sense that is seen between men and women. However, each body has a certain amount of air or water or fire or earth in its elemental makeup. So each person needs to take care of themselves by honoring those elements within them. And that's where Ayurveda comes in, helping us to fine-tune a diet that's right for us and a lifestyle. So, for instance, 
A person thinks it's great to eat a lot of raw food, which may be, it may be high energy, but it may not be right for a given person because they're already too thin or too agitated. That's just an example. So if we work with diet and lifestyle and, of course, our yoga practice and our knowingness that comes from the quiet mind, then everything else in our life can fall into place. Okay. So it kind of um, dispels that myth that one size fits all. (laughs) Absolutely. And, And kind of like kind of turns the trends upside down on their heads as well because, um, you know, th- uh, diets can be espoused or ways of living can be espoused, but that doesn't mean to say that that actually harmonizes with the natural makeup of the individual's body. Is that what you're saying? That's exactly right. And we say one person has had success in something with a, what they eat or what they do, and they want to share it with everyone, but it doesn't mean that it'll work for the other person. And how, how do you deal with that, like when people are, you know, making those choices from a place of um, their conscience, like they, they're not wanting to eat meat or, you know, they want to choose to be a vegan because it's, it's in alignment with their core values and principles? Yes, I don't think there's a um, problem with that. Ayurveda can also... Um, be flexible in helping a person whether they are vegetarian or not Um, as we know the Dalai Lama needs to eat meat he has that need it's okay Uh, it's more about in terms of Ayurveda if the food digests well for you if you receive satisfaction and good energy from it and your mind is becoming more connected to everyone and to your own heart that's more what tells us if you're on the right track okay okay so how would you approach each person in response to their needs as an individual we need to get together one-on-one whereas you know it's nice that a group yoga class gives us camaraderie the best progress a person can make and and to feel that they honor themselves the most is to come for a private yoga session and a private Ayurveda session where it's all about them, which I know sounds selfish, it's self-absorbed, but once we can take care of ourselves and honor ourselves as the temple of the spirit, then everything else will arise from there. Okay, so it's really about thinking about how is it we we can best honor our full expression as this divine um, being having this human experience and all the different unique ways in which this being um, energetically is aligned and gets to show up and express itself while having this human experience. That's again exactly it, Sandy. You're you're wonderful. <laughs> that we are a spiritual being having a physical experience and we need to need to take care of the physical experience but always know like they say that on the top of our head is this beautiful flame a steady flame that always connects us to spirit we are always there otherwise we wouldn't be embodied okay so i'm aware that one of the the um, Ayurvedic 
practices is around mouth hygiene, oral mouth hygiene, and um, that it's about swirling oil or something in the mouth. Can you explain what that practice is about? Because that's something that we can all participate in, isn't it? Yes, yes. This is in the morning when you arise and you go for your toilet ablutions and you are emptying out the waste that has happened naturally overnight. The next thing you do is you go into the bathroom, you're in the bathroom, and you clean your mouth. One of the ways is first that you brush your teeth, even before eating, and then you clean your tongue. And I know they sell tongue scrapers now. Uh, And then what you're talking about is called gandouche. You take about a teaspoon or two of sesame oil, let's say sesame oil, you put it in your mouth and you start moving it around your mouth. And at first it's quite thick, so it gets your muscles to work. And that's the drawing aspect that starts to pull some of the toxins through all of the lymph um, channels in your mouth and it pulls it into the oil as well as helping your teeth and your gums. And then after about five minutes that you've spent mindfully doing this, you spit the oil out in a suitable place, you rinse your mouth, and maybe if you wanted to brush your teeth at that point, that's what, when you would do it. And now your mouth is clean, and whatever you now take into your mouth will not be picking up the toxins and reintroducing them into your system. Okay. And it sounds like this practice is a really beautiful way to start grounding ourselves into our body first thing in the morning and be wholly directed as opposed to being directed by our mind because so much of our, you know, we wake up and it's, we just tr- straight away, we're in our heads and our, our head is in the driver's seat and it's, it's only kind of directing us to do those things that are familiar and maybe not necessarily be even comfortable or supportive for our health and well-being, but definitely what is, what is familiar. So it kind of invites a different way for us to start consciously engaging with ourselves as an embodied being. Yes, we, we start to create a new habit alongside the old habit of going into the driver's seat. And then eventually the new habit takes over and our life becomes um, a joy, a celebration. Indeed it does. Indeed it does, Meta. So so um, how has engaging in these practices of yoga and Ayurveda allowed you to deeply love and accept your earthly body fully and to treat it as a holy temple? Because we are saturated with images of saying that we need to look a certain way and, you you know, I'm often coming across, you know, people who have issues with their bodies and their worth and value as, a, as an embodied being. So how has your practices ex- allowed you to accept your earthly body fully and to treat it as a holy temple from that place of deep love and compassion and care? Well, somehow it's allowed me to laugh a lot and not to take myself too seriously. To notice that it's my mind trying to push me in a direction, which is the habit. It's a habit within the mind itself. And that I can actually laugh at that. 
but it's also helped me to understand that the body is the thing that is changing and is not permanent and to love it as it is day by day and that if we do these practices we're all doing the same practice in a way whether we're heavy or thin or we're agitated or we're dull we all have a little bit of things that we can do for ourselves to make us feel more connected and more at peace and this is what we want to pursue so that we don't give our lives away in all of these useless habits and judgments that then separate us from the awesomeness that we are alive. Awesome we are, Meta. Awesome we are. And life is a gift. And, and it's such a privilege to kind of engage in those practices that enable us to feel the fullness of that gift and the aliveness of being and meet ourselves in that lightness of being and the beauty and truth of who and what we truly are. And I just feel that these practices are like a beautiful gateway into um, meeting ourselves as that. Would you agree? Mm. Yes, yes. So now I would like to um, give you some space to share um, in detail what it is that you can offer the listeners. You've um, published two books, so where can they um, obtain them from and how can the listeners make contact with you if they um, choose to have that one-on-one session and to start engaging in this beautiful practice of self-love and care and meeting ourselves as that spiritual um, divine being having this human experience my books are available online I know Amazon stocks them they are published by Lotus Press in America however they can be purchased um, through Amazon UK which I know coming to Australia there's no postage charge uh, and if, if not uh, any bookstore can eventually order them um, and then as far as one-on-one, of course, I live in Perth, Western Australia. So anyone who is in the 300 kilometer or 200 mile radius or wherever, if you wish to come to my home, we can work together. My email is Meta Doherty, that's M-E-T-A-D-O-H-E-R-T-Y at iinet.net.au and if you're in America or Europe or wherever there are Ayurveda practitioners all around which has come out of India but now in all countries I think you could link up with someone who could help you in terms of Ayurveda sometimes it's just an obvious thing that you're doing or eating or practicing that is putting you out of balance. And Ayurveda provides a very logical system of understanding that. So your practitioner could help you. Maybe you just shouldn't be eating this at this time. It's as simple as that. And then again, the practice of yoga. We know there's lots of yoga schools all over. And um, you need to feel that the teacher is on the spiritual path as well, that you're not just going there to sweat. 
So that has to come from your inner knowing. You know, the same way you would choose something for your own child, you would choose it for yourself. Okay. All right. And, you know, this year is, we're in a year nine, and so it's all about, you know, turning into our own intuition and trusting our own um, inner guidance and wisdom and speaking our own truth and living our own truth from our hearts. So how have you noticed that yoga enables us to kind of really contact those reservoirs deep within and connect us with our own internal um, wisdom and guidance? It's that when the mind becomes quieter, the intuition is already there. The inner knowing is already there. It's more like unveiling what's already there. And so that's why we do those practices, but not only for that end product, but that in the moment that we're doing it, we're celebrating life. We're enjoying our practice. That breath is life at every moment. We're in the present, enjoying what is given. Yeah, and that's why I think it's so important to find a yoga teacher that, that um, you know, sees yoga as a spiritual practice because otherwise it's only externally directed and you miss out on that richness and allowing this to be a gateway to um, meeting ourselves as we truly are and being in contact with what's already within us and always within us, that wisdom, that intuition, that um, deep truth of knowing who and what we really are, the silent witness and, um, yeah, so that, that sounds really, really beautiful. So yes, that's what traditional yoga is all about. It's not just the physical. So it's about the unification of the spirit of the and the body. Yes, the individual with the supreme spirit and knowing we're all there as one. Okay. So we are now ready to go for another break, lovelies. So this is Sandy Goldstone and my guest is Meta Doherty and you are listening to Sounds of the Heart with Sandy Goldstone on Voice America, 7th Wave Channel. Stay tuned and we'll be back. Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Seek greater awareness. Spoiler alert. A space of being may cause spontaneous laughter, extra money, ease, joy, magic showing up in your life, and outrageously orgasmic moments. Join Grace Hart live every Wednesday at 2 p.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel, where she combines her psychic abilities and the tools of access consciousness to assist you to create a totally different reality and transform your personal and professional life, including relationships and finance. I wonder what magical possibilities await you at a space of being. When you learn to see things from a spiritual perspective, it changes the way you see virtually everything in your life. 
Listen for Dr. Paula Joyce and her program, Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. Our program will help you get rid of the negative aspects of your life and invite love, joy, and prosperity into your life. Turn that negative feeling into a positive one. Tune in to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit, every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. It's time to wake up and transform into your higher self. Tune into Light and Radio with host Jay-Z Bound. This is a show that's meant for you if you're seeking your highest and fullest potential. It's already within you. All you need to do is discover it and nurture it to reality. Jay-Z is an intuitive and health and ascension facilitator. Get ready to connect to the divine and your authentic self. Be here for Light and Radio every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. The 7th Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. You are listening to the Sounds of the Heart. To find out more about our program, visit Sandy's website at soundsoftheheart.com.au. Again, that's soundsoftheheart.com.au. Now, back to Sounds of the Heart with Sandy Goldstone. Hello, lovelies. We're back on, and um, I'm delighted to have you back with me. I just wanted to say a special hello to um, all my beautiful friends who are gathering um, in celebration in groups um, to celebrate this launch with me. So I'm so deeply touched and deeply grateful and I just wanted to um, acknowledge you publicly. So Meta, you've been a devotee of Amma for two years. Can you, can you share with us how that has assisted you to be really um, mindful in how you steward your energy and to embody that mastery of living as a compassionate master. Yes, Sandy. It was several years ago in Perth that Amma came, and she's the hugging saint. And you go up to her, and she embraces you, And my experience immediately was my mind went very quiet. I felt I was present in the moment and I felt I was present in pure love. Like I would say the archetypal mother. But I wasn't thinking all of that. I was just feeling it. So she was sharing with me her energy. And that made a a very big impression on me. But it wasn't until years later, about four or five years later, that somehow the idea came up that I should go in and see what it's all about there at her ashram. And I had already respected her for all of the humanitarian work she does. She has a lot of, of given degrees, even though she hasn't studied. She's worked with the Pope. It's, it's a huge global thing she's doing for the good of humanity. And when I got there, the same thing, her energy is so strong that I was probably then able to accept it with all of the other work I had done. And what she does is inspire everyone in compassion, in that 
even if you're having a problem with a person, you see that person as an embodied human being that needs your help. And so it's not like you make yourself into a little fortress that no, they don't deserve it or uh, it would take too much out of me. People start to practice that compassion all the time with Amma as that model. And and that's that's what's helped me to jump several levels in being heart-centered. As well as the fact that when she chants to you, you're lying on her breast, on her chest, and her vibration is going right into your heart. When she says, my daughter, my daughter, my daughter, or she's chanting Om to you, it's what awakened my heart to move to the next level. Okay. And, you know, it's beautiful to kind of invite ourselves to experience that because a lot of us, you know, people struggle. We struggle with finding that within ourselves first. So to kind of to have that as a deep, deep um, cellular feeling and have that awakening with our hearts to kind of move from those places within ourselves, which kind of give us old, outdated mantras of us being unworthy and wanting to deny our own divinity in some way by playing small and playing the role of the victim through blaming and complaining or handing our power over in some way to some external thing. It kind of redirects us into being connected with our true power and source of love within and the compassion that is ever flowing from that source. That's right. Yes. yes. Beautiful, beautiful. And so how do you incorporate that in your practices? Like do you, do you bring that into your yoga practices now? I acknowledge Amma almost every minute of the day that I'm aware of that. In terms of going into my formal yoga practice, her pictures are all around me. I have a mantra dedication to her. I practice, she has several meditations, one of them called I Am, that is free for anyone. It's her gift to humanity. And there are centers, once again, all around the planet where you can go and learn that. Um, and and within... Um, my practice, I chant Ma Om to myself with my in-breath or out-breath, maybe not all the time. Um, uh, and she makes me smile. And as the true guru does, she makes me look at the places I'm stuck, where I'm selfish or I'm fearful, and brings the smile back to me that that's only mind. Spirit itself accepts all. Yes, it does. And it is only the mind that has us in that story of separation and scarcity and has us, you know, wanting to kind of protect ourselves and bury ourselves in and go, oh, I can only give this much and I and, and you know, but our generosity is overflowing and it's and it's unlimited when we're in that true source of the divine spirit and we're connected with that deep reservoir of wisdom and abundance of resources that lies with in each one of us at every moment and and that that ma um was that the was that the mantra ma um yes ma um is does that kind of connect you to the knowing the great the great all 
Is that what that statement's about? It's just another trigger to remind me that it is the great all. It's always the great all. Yes, it is. We are only ever life appearing as that in this moment. Mm-hmm. Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. So would you like to share a blessing from Arma with us that invites us to live as a compassionate master? Yes, I would love to do that. So I'm going to ask us to come back to that space we were with the first practice. And then I'm going to present a little bit of a Mao meditation. And that if you want to work deeper with that, you will need to go to be with Ama. And at the end, I will share a Sanskrit mantra of blessing to all beings, which states, in whatever reality there is, in all realities, may all beings be happy and at peace. And then I'll end with honoring the guru, and then I will hand it back to Sandy. So if you would, dear listeners, please come back to that quiet place, sitting or lying if you need to, where your body relaxes, your belly is relaxed, your heart and throat and head. Your whole being feels the unity of you, the light and love of you, as a relaxed person, open within the inner smile. And then we turn our attention to the breathing again. We find ourselves comfortable in our breath, the breath satisfying. The inhale, merging with the exhale, merging with the inhale in a beautiful rhythm of peace and harmony. And now we imagine that through the atmosphere, soft white rose petals are drifting down. Drifting through the atmosphere and covering everyone and everything on the earth, on the waters of this special planet. Soft white rose petals through the atmosphere the earth, the waters, and all beings soft white rose petals that help us feel the flow of love to all of creation. Love overflowing, coming into form as all beings 
dissolving and then renewing always there in this plane. The inner smile, the soft body, the breath. And while you please hold that space, I will chant. Thank you, Ama. Loka Samasta Sukino Bhavantu Loka Samasta Sukino Bhavantu Loka Samasta Sukino Bhavantu Sushantir Bhavatu Sushantir Bhavatu Sushantir Bhavatu Om Shri Guru Bhyo Namaha Harihi Om Thank you, Meta. We're going to send out all those blessings across those areas on the planet right now that are full of strife and heartache and torn apart by the mind's misconception of seeing ourselves as separate from each other and not being in our hearts and unified as one in love's field that is unified at all times. We send blessings of love and peace and joy and generosity and compassion to all beings. And we clue ourselves in this because we are all part of the whole. Okay, lovelies, thank you for joining us on Sounds of the Heart, my first guest, Meta. Please come and join me next week. I have a beautiful guest called Dr. Nick Garrett and he is going to share his groundbreaking work on colloidal crystals. Thank you so much. Much love to you. Blessings on your week. I look forward to tuning in with you again next week. Thank you. Love you. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to this week's edition of Sounds of the Heart. Sandy Goldstone invites you to join her again next Tuesday at 5 p.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. 
connect to your own divine nature in the coming week and explore within. again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.